Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news... Leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's peanut butter cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Your morning starts now. It's the Q102 Jeff and Jen podcast, brought to you by CVG Airport. Fly healthy through CVG. For more information, go to CVG Airport backslash fly healthy. Hey, what's happening? Good Hi, morning. welcome back. Yeah. How you doing? Good to see you. Life treating everybody okay? Yes, Feeling it's a good? big, big day here, Jeff. Why? It is our Q102 Hubbard Broadcasting Fun Committee Reds Potluck. Oh. We are doing um, a really fun chow down sesh today <laughs> okay so i got a bunch of queen city sausage and i made my uh couscous salad i forgot the cheese at home so i'm gonna have to have chris drop it off on the way to uh real lincoln mason this morning this is a big deal we never hardly ever do events with the entire building and today is the day for right. opening day because is t- did i miss no. opening day opening day no. is thursday but we're all gonna be working so oh, we didn't really gotcha. get to do. So we decided to do our party, like you know, today. What time does this right. start? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you're like me. I'm like, what? I just got back in town. I What's know. going on? Yeah, I'm totally out of touch. Opening day's Thursday for all of you just now tuning in. Right, Joey Votto will not be playing. Yet. He will not. No. He's still on the IR. Not eligible till what? April six or something. It's all that back. chess playing he's been doing. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, also, big night last night on The Bachelor, which we never really pay attention to until the very end, and in some cases not even then, but I guess some stuff went down, so we'll have that story. Plus, Selma Blair, narcissistic? Always feel confident on your second date. With help from the Plastic Surgery Group, schedule a consultation at 513-791-4440 or at theplasticsurgerygroup.com. Surgery has a but first, we're going to begin this hour's e-news with Selma Blair. Yes, this is interesting. She was on the Today Show, I think it was yesterday, with Savannah Guthrie. And she was talking all about how she hasn't really been posting on Instagram very much because everyone kept trolling her as a narcissist. Which is weird to me because she's been going through a lot. Like, she was diagnosed with MS, mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe five or six years ago or something. And, you know, she's been in remission, but... You know, every little personal victory that she's celebrated, you know, she wants to share with people and inspire other people who are dealing with the same thing. So 
Well, and most I, of her posts have been kind of centered around that. I feel. well, and I kind of feel like too. The other thing that she does is is that she includes descriptions of herself in all of her pictures, and she says that she does that to assist people who are blind, so that they can actually, you know, use the feature to read what she's saying about herself. The accessibility feature. But now everybody is saying to her like, "Oh, you're being a narcissist because you're describing who you are, or what you're doing, or what you look like, or that your top is cute, or your hair looks good." or, you know, it's in a pony or whatever. So they're not getting why They're she's, not. Yeah. And that really is such a bummer, isn't it? Yeah. It makes me really sad. So that's why she really hasn't been posting as much. Hmm. I could see that, though. I don't know why people just, just keep it to yourself. I guess she still has lingering symptoms like fatigue and mm-hmm. challenges with moving. Who else was diagnosed? I feel it was... Um, Oh, he was the actress uh, who played Meadow Soprano. I can't think of her. Jamie oh, Lee Jamie Sigler. Jamie Lynn Sigler, yeah. Jamie Lynn Sigler, right. Uh, what else? Okay, so the finale of the 27th season of The Bachelor aired last night. Yes. And uh, if you care, Zach did get engaged. He picked Katie, the travel nurse, over Gabby. So uh, what's, what's the drama? Because... Uh, my friend Steph is really into this show, and she texted me after last week's episode, and she said, I'm done. I'm done with Zach. <laughs> yeah. Because he's an absolute, he's trying to play the nice guy, and but he's sleeping with every. He was kind of skeezy, though. Sleeping That's with everyone, and then not telling them they were, and then he was, and then yeah, basically. Yeah, but didn't you say that he was calling it uh, sex week? Yes, instead of calling it fantasy gross? sweets week, he was calling it sex week to all of the girls, and still trying to. Look like he was the clean cut nice guy. Well, he positioned himself, I guess, as one way, and then he turned out to be something else because yeah. during so called sex week, he said he wasn't going to have sex, and he did. And then he did. Right. Uh, so the traveling nurse, Katie, ended up being the lucky girl that Zach chose. Here's part of the proposal I love you so much. <laughs> I love you with all my heart. And you're the face that I want to wake up to every morning. I love you so much. I love you. So. <laughs> oh my God. Katie. <laughs> will you marry me? Absolutely. <laughs> oh my God. And there they go. Now we we crunch the numbers, and between all of the seasons of The Bachelor, think about all the seasons of The Bachelor that are that have ever happened, and and The Bachelorette. We're doing both The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. All the, the, the total all of all seasons. 75 seasons. Yep. <laughs> uh, only about 13% of those relationships have lasted up to this point. Being turned away after at the altar last night on The Bachelor, that was Gabby, the senior account executive. Here's Zach breaking the bad news that Gabby did not want to hear. Knowing you, falling in love with you has made me a better man. But. I know, you don't have to say it. I know. No, I'm saying. As much as I've been falling in love with you. I don't want to hear it. I really do wish nothing but the best for you. Yeah, and, and poor Gabby. She wanted nothing more than to have Zach just stop talking. Knowing you, falling in love with you has made me a better man. But. Shut up, shut up, shut up. I know. Shut up. As much as I've been falling in love with you. Just shut up, okay? I'm sorry. Shut up. You deserve a man that picks you first every day. Shut your pie hole. I'm sorry. Shut up. Oh, man, that's the worst. 
Yeah, only four of the 19 couples. Okay, I'll break it down by Bachelor versus Bachelorette. Only two couples from the previous 26 seasons of The Bachelor are still together. That's less than 8%. And only four of the 19 couples from The Bachelorette are still together. That's slightly better, 21%. But between the two shows, it is six of 45 couples over the years. Between those two franchises, over the years, there have been 45 couples. Only six have survived. Three have been together for three years or less, and one of them has yet to get married. Cheers to Zach and his future ex. I'm a bride, Katie. Yeah. <laughs> well, you remember Trista and Ryan. I mean, they are the only couple that I can clearly right. remember her choosing him and them staying, like, They're still together. together. And they got and, kids. And they were from the first season, right? I think the first season of The Bachelorette, yeah. yeah. And then I remember the other couple that I really liked were... Sean and Catherine. And so Sean. Oh, Catherine. I forgot Sean about her. Sean and Catherine. And I think they got a couple of kids. But outside of that, I don't think I can name any of the other ones. Uh, JoJo yeah. Fletcher. Is she still mm. with somebody? Didn't she break up with somebody and then get back together? I don't know. I no can't remember clue. them all. All right. Quick break. <laughs> uh, coming up, Nicolas Cage and his mixed emotions about Keanu Reeves. <sighs> Who do you think would win a pool game between those two? Uh, we got the rest of the day's e-news coming up, but first, let's check the roads once again. We got Denise here with your latest traffic. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better. And dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Dunkin' Donuts just launched their first ever breakfast tacos. Yeah, and if you order that with a coffee, it's like adding Mentos to Diet Coke. Oh. <laughs> Officials in California recently responded after a truck overturned and spilled a load of 10,000 empty wine bottles onto the road. They hadn't seen that many empty wine bottles since week two of COVID lockdown. <laughs> Red Bull sales are up thanks to the return of parties, exercise, and people working in the office. It's weird. It's like we're finally healthy enough to be unhealthy again. <laughs> of course, Red Bull gives you wings, which is why today Spirit Airlines was pouring it all over their planes. An 80-year-old woman in Canada recently received the Guinness World Record for most blood donated, said the woman, I'm 26. <laughs> All right, so if you're a certain age, it's going to make you feel really old. Nintendo's Mario Brothers franchise is 40 years old today, and the original arcade game came out, what, in 1983 in the famous at-home NES game. Super Mario Brothers debuted in 1985. The reason I bring this up, next Friday, the Super Mario Brothers movie hits theaters. So someone conducted a survey asking thousands of fans for their favorite character in the Mario universe. And the top two were Luigi and... Mario. No! The, the princess. Princess Peach. Mario was snubbed. Yoshi. Oh, the um, little dinosaur man? Yeah. yeah, I guess. I think that's who he is. He looks like the little gecko. So Yoshi was number one, followed by Luigi, then Mario. Luigi's fun because 
I always, we never were allowed to have a Nintendo growing up because my dad said it warped your brain. So he wouldn't let us have one. But when we would go to other people's houses and actually get to play Mario Kart, I always enjoyed being Luigi because he would go, Wee-hee! <laughs> Wee-hee! when he would jump and stuff. Is there any science behind video games warping our brains? Like if we come to a conclusion on that, other than like, I didn't play a lot of them, and my brain is warped. So, <laughs> just putting that out there. Kind no, of a lost I cause. had a study. Was it last year? I think we talked about it on the hot list, and it was talking about how certain video games actually make your kids better at socializing because they're doing so much talking yeah. online with other kids that they actually are taking the social skills they're learning via video games and using them in the real world. And what about improving motor skills, too? I yeah, mean, oh, I'm that's probably sure. Part of it, yeah. But I, I could see where a parent would be like, you know what, you need to get outside just yeah. for a little while. Maybe mm-hmm. take a break from the screen. Well, and if my kid has too much screen time, I can see it in her mood. Like, she gets cranky or just kind of is, like, zoned. Wow. Yeah. So I actually still, I mean, she's still young, but I still regulate her screen time. Like tw- like she gets a little bit in the morning before school, kind of like when she's getting ready and Scott's finishing getting ready for work. And then after school, she gets 20 to 30 minutes and that's hmm. it. Uh, I'll run down the list here real quick. Uh, Toad was number four, followed by Bowser Jr. Bowser, Princess Peach. There you go. Number seven, Princess Peach. Uh, how do you pronounce this? Kamek? Kamek? Yeah. Number eight. Uh, Waluigi and Donkey Kong rounding out the top 10. Uh, you know, it's back to like video, video games here for a second. There was a, so years ago, Fritch and I took like an inside sort of behind the scenes, uh, backstage access kind of tour of CVG where we went into all the restricted areas. We got to see like how the baggage system works from, from the guts of the airport and, and like the, the control tower, the ground control tower, and, you know, we were told at the time that air traffic controllers, which I think have probably the toughest job in keeping everyone in the air safe. Oh, yeah. Uh, they, they have a need for air traffic controllers, especially with the incidents that they have lately in the near mm-hmm. misses. You know, part of the issue is staffing. And so typically when they look for new air traffic controllers, they intentionally look for people with no experience, zero experience, because they don't want them to have any preconceived notions. Any experience that would be helpful at the time, as was described to me, was someone who's really good at video games. Mm-hmm. That because makes sense. A, a well, lot of those motor skills this, are used. Yeah, and look at this screen and seeing all the blips and everything would make more sense to you than someone like me that never has played any anything like that. Yeah, yeah it was interesting. Yeah. yeah. That it was, was Joe. Yeah, it was fun. I remember. God rest his soul. Um, well, yesterday, Swifties were absolutely losing their mind because Nicki Minaj took to Twitter and she started tweeting. Her first tweet said, I should not be left to my own vices. And everybody's like, oh, is this from a Taylor Swift song? And then she tweeted again. And her second tweet said, it must be exhausting, always rooting for the antihero, which is a direct line from her song, Antihero. She's quoting Taylor Swift. Yes. So everyone now is assuming that there is going to be an antihero collab between Nicki Minaj and Taylor Swift. That we're going to see some sort of like fun remix. Okay. I'm ready. Let's do it. Are Swifties happy about Something's this? Something's going to jazz. Of course, there. If That's anything's good. positive like right. that, I mean, of course. Taylor has trained her Swifties to look for everything, hidden meetings in anything, and sometimes yes. that plays out, and sometimes it is a big old. Yeah. 
Well, and that album, I mean, most, not all of the songs, but of the 36 songs or however many there are, most of them are kind of the same vibe as like Lavender Haze, Antihero. There's like one or two that are a little more upbeat, but it would be fun for her to put a little more new life into her music. So when you go to a Taylor Swift show and and you see just the overall production value Mm -hmm. of a Taylor Swift show, I want you to give a little credit to a rock band 40 years ago. In fact, I think today, yeah, music history was made on this date 40 years ago. Journey brought the giant screen to the concert experience. Oh, really? 40 years ago tonight. Like the, the big mega screens yes. in the back and stuff? 40 wow. years ago tonight, they opened their Frontiers tour in Seattle. Journey was the first artist to include multi-cameras and a giant screen. And Thank you, Journey. Is that yeah. so we can see Jonathan Cain's goatee up on the big screen playing and the keys? That's, that's when they raised the bar. Journey made every show with full production package intact, including a huge video screen over the stage and five cameras to televise close-ups to the audience, making every seat the best seat in the house. Yeah, that's a clip from a documentary on YouTube that basically takes you on the road with the band at the height of their fame. And uh, by the way, I don't know if you've recognized the voice. That was the uh, NFL Films narrator, John Facenda. Okay. Anyway, somehow uh, NFL Films produced the Journey documentary. Uh, and giant screens ha- had been featured at previous concert, but concerts, but not an entire tour. That's cool. Yeah. Wow, so, what a neat experience. Anyway. Now everyone's got them. Yeah. Now oh, everyone's got them. Yes, like now the entire stage, when we went to see Adele in Vegas, her entire stage was a giant video board right? of her kind of like either walking on stage or going through the crowd. I mean, it's just massive. And over the past 40 years, artists have kind of one-upped each other and, you know, mm-hmm. t- kind of taken video it to that production. next level. But but Journey is responsible for kind of starting Look at that. that. How trend. exciting. Yeah. Now you know. Yeah. Huh? All right, a little bit of sad news. A.J. McLean, who is a Backstreet Boy, he is going to get divorced from his wife. We're hearing that they are temporarily separated. They've been married for a long time, haven't they? They have been, and they've been through a lot together because he's been, you know, in and out of rehab and things like that. Um, And yesterday, Tim, you and I had this story about Harry Styles making out with Emily (laughs) Ratajkowski. Not quite. And now we're hearing that these two actually were just kind of like, Drunk, hanging out, being together, and now she's apologizing hmm. to Olivia Wilde and asking for forgiveness for making out with Harry. Oh. Yeah, because, you know, Olivia Wilde and Harry Styles had a little mm-hmm. right. rendezvous there for like a year or so. Okay. And I don't know how fans are going to take this, if this is a good thing or a bad thing. Uh, anybody, you know, who listens to the music we play on Q102 would probably agree that the guitar is not as prevalent in mainstream music as it once was. I mean, it's there. It exists. It's just not as prevalent as it used to be. Uh, but the guitarist for U2, The Edge, says he, he kind of wants to kickstart a resurgence of guitars. Uh, he was being interviewed by Mojo Magazine, and he said that he really thinks that the, the pendulum is going to start swinging the other way and that guitars will start becoming more popular than since samples and computer-generated sounds. He says there's kind of been a drift away from that instrument in recent years. But uh, Fender, I guess, is selling more guitars than they ever have before, and they're ready for it. 
In fact, Bono recently said that the next U2 album is going to be kind of a noisy, uncompromising, even unreasonable guitar album. I think that's pretty cool. You know, both of our nephews um, are, let's see, <clears throat> Scott and I have twin nephews, Brandon and Bailey. They're getting ready to turn 16, and they both requested guitars for Christmas last year. See, there you go. And they, like, have an amp, and the one has really taken to it very much. Like, he does, like, little videos and stuff now on YouTube or Facebook, yeah. and he's pr- he's pretty good at replaying some of, like, Metallica hits or, like, Nirvana yeah. So maybe it's going to be like a grunge rock Everything, back. Everything's cyclical, right? Right. Yeah. It'll do. All things. Okay, that's your latest D-News. We'll have more for you coming up after 7 o'clock. In the meantime, straight ahead, we got three headlines for you. Two of those headlines are fake. One headline is real. If you guess the real headline, we're going to set you up with a four-pack of tickets to the Cincinnati Cyclones Puck and Pints Night. Yes, this oh. is very fun, Jeff. You can take your dog there. That's this Saturday, April 1st at the Heritage Bank Center. We'll have all the details and your chance to win coming up next on Q102. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Harry is in need of a second date update this morning, and damn it, we're going to help him out. Hey, Harry. Hey, guys. Good to talk to you. Thank you for having me. Good to talk to you. One of my favorite people on planet Earth, a guy named Harry. Uh, he was my mentor. I don't know many Harrys in my life, but that guy had a big impact on me. And anytime I meet a guy named Harry, he's You think okay. of the old Harry. I think of the old Harry. And it warms the cockles of your heart. <laughs> it sure does. hey <laughs> I hope I can live up to him. That's so. right. Aww. So why don't you tell us about Kim, how the first date went. We'll go from there. All right. So I met Kim on Tinder. We went for a few drinks, and I thought we had, like, a really good meeting. Like, everything went really nice. It was just, just like, really good. Uh, we both knew going in that, like, this is going to be a short date, right? Because mm-hmm. we had, like, other plans, but I didn't, I didn't want to wait any longer to meet her. I just was like, let's just do this. Let's get it over with. And if we don't like each other, let's move on. If we do like each other, let's do it, right? So... We figured we'd meet and just like go for an hour. And if we liked each other, we decided that we would go on a real full blown date after that, but no expectations before that. Right. So all of this for me was a no brainer because it just feels like it's simple. And then the date happened and man, I thought she was gorgeous. She was hot. I loved her hair, her smile, everything about her was just absolutely perfect. And the best part was, like, the conversation was amazing. It was great. And I don't know. She, like, seemed to have a good time. Um, And that's where I'm just like, what the hell? What happened? Like, I don't know what happened. And I just, I don't get what women are looking for. I I am a nice guy. Like, all my friends tell me that. My mom tells me that. I, like, I talk about my feelings. I have a job. I have all of my hair still. I have an apartment. I have a car. So I don't know what the issue is. Like, I'm a decent-looking, well-groomed guy. You sound perfect to me. I got all the basics. He's really selling himself, too. I really like that. That's right. That's really all Jen's looking for is just a a guy with a a car and a job. And hair. And hair, yeah. I like hair. That's all she needs. Thank you. (laughs) so yeah like after we left the bar i told her like i'd call her and all she said was great but like nothing else so i i thought we were good but uh i reached out a couple of times and i feel like she's ghosted me so i don't know what happened yeah how long Mm -hmm. has it been 
It's been a couple of weeks. Not that I'm counting or anything. Oh, yeah. You've been ghosted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know, you're going through what a lot of women go through, Harry. You go on a date. Turns out the guy is charming, good-looking, nice, makes you feel like you're the only one in the room. They get what they want, and then they just ghost you. But you guys didn't hook up, did you? No, we didn't hook up because we were. it was a very short date, so we were like, let's see how this goes. Is there chemistry or not? And I thought there was chemistry. I don't think that Kim thought there was any chemistry. So I don't know. I don't know what happened, and right. I would love you sure to know sure you didn't say did. something stupid to offend her? You know, I don't a backhanded know. I compliment? So. Like, you mentioned her hair and how beautiful she oh, is. Oh, God. You didn't yeah. say, hey, I like your frizzy hair. Or your hair <laughs> smells delicious. <laughs> I don't remember saying that, but if I did... I'm very sorry. Not that I made any of those mistakes before. <laughs> he didn't grab a handful of it and just sniff. Mm. Take a big no, smell. I, I'm not a creep like that. Okay. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That all comes out later in the relationship. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, the creep comes out later. <laughs> Give it time. <laughs> all right. Why don't we take a break? When we come back, we'll call Kim and see what she thought of Harry and her date with him coming up as we continue next. Jeff and Jen, Cincinnati's Q102. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. So Harry kind of scored the jackpot with Kim. He was just expecting it to be a quick Tinder date, you know, go out for a couple of drinks, see how things go. Wasn't expecting a whole lot more than that. May, hey, maybe a hookup, but you know what? Turned out not only is she gorgeous, She's got this incredible smile. She's funny, interesting to talk to. Well, a couple of weeks have gone by. It seemed like she was open to getting together again, but he's not. she's not responded to any of his texts. Is there anything else, Harry? Harry doesn't think he offended her. He doesn't think he said anything stupid, no backhanded compliments that might have been misunderstood. No, I don't think there's anything else. I think that's it. Okay, let's call Kim. Hi, is this Kim? Yes, this is she speaking. It's Jeff, Jen, Tim, and Fritch at Q102. How you doing this morning? <laughs> yes. We just want to say, hey, what's going on? We do that every uh, now and then. We like to look in on our listeners. Poke around, get a little nosy. I assume you're a listener. Are you a listener? I, well, of course I am. Oh, good. Oh, good news. Well, you know, Harry called us. Do you remember Harry, the guy you met on Tinder? Yes. <laughs> Why do you say it like that? Harry sounds um, nice. You didn't like Harry? Uh, well, there's a story behind Harry, guys. <laughs> I can't believe this is happening. What? It, what are you exactly are you asking me about? Well, Harry told us about your date. 
and then he called us and said, look, I, I reached out a couple of times. First of all, she's gorgeous. She's great. Really interesting to talk to. She's beautiful. And it seemed like she was down to go out again, but she's not responding to any of my texts, blah, blah, blah. We do second date update here, so it was kind of a no-brainer. Is this really the second date update that he wants to know about? Yep. Uh. This is the thing. I I was offended by something that he said to me, guys. Okay. I just thought it was rude. You were talking about our future, which I like to do. I mean, it wasn't a long date. And, the, you know, it was cool because we were talking about our individual futures. It wasn't like, you know, we, we, we. You know, what we're going to do five, ten years, school, career, travel. And it was cool. It was family, you know, just basic stuff like that. And while we were talking, he full-on interrupted me and said, you're twirling your hair, you're twirling your hair. And to me, that's a sign of insecurity. I mean, it came out of nowhere. Well, he said that? He said that you twirling your hair is a sign of insecurity? Yes, his exact words. We were talking about travel, and, and then all of a sudden, he said that to me. And I was like, that's... So rude. And it just came out of nowhere. It just, yeah, it did. It threw me off. I thought it was rude. I thought it was strange. You know, and it's like, why would I want to go out with him again? Who, I mean, who says that to someone on a first date? Also, doesn't mm-hmm. twirling your hair, correct me if I'm wrong, ladies, doesn't it sometimes mean that you're like excited in, or interested? Flirting. Yeah. Flirting. Sometimes yeah. you're focused. Yes, guys. Jen's doing it right now as we speak. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to get into the feeling place of the twirl. Like, how if I'm twirling my hair, what is that saying? Because you I'm twirl feeling right you now. You twirl too. Yeah. You both I actually twirl. do it when I'm like tired. It's just a weird habit I have from when I was a kid that I'll go right underneath the back and I'll pull down a piece and I twirl it when I'm tired. Hmm. It's just like a weird thing. I mean, I tried not to be, you know, mean about it, but it threw me off and I just kept the conversation going. But I thought it was really rude, and I'm like, well, why would? Why did he say that to me? Yeah, agreed. and that'll make you self conscious about everything else that you're doing. Yeah, how you're sitting? Are you crossing you're like, your legs? Are you leaning forward? Where do you have your yeah. arms crossed? Are your shoulders back, or are you slouched? Are you tilting your head? Where are your eyes? Going? Right. I mean, it'll make you just aware of everything yeah. that you're doing. And people love being diagnosed. Yes, I they can't believe too. He just said that to me. So let's ask him, Harry. What did you mean by that? Okay, I mean, I did say it, and I said it because it's true. Like, you were twirling your hair, Kim, and I honestly, I don't know what the big deal is. Like, you said you wanted someone honest, and here's me telling you the honest truth. And it comes off as insecurity. I feel like you are insecure. You're just kind of playing into that all right now. Oh. Well, guess what? I think you're rude. That's rude. Mm -hmm. You don't know me. You basically just said you're insecure. And who wants to hear that on a first date? Maybe I was twirling my hair because you were boring. How about that? Ah. No, no, no. I doubt that. Like, (laughs) see, you're just kind of proving my point right now. Like, whenever someone gets defensive, I nailed it. You are totally insecure. Oh, my God. And you're a jerk. No. You're a jerk. Yeah. I mean, does it make you feel better about yourself to diagnose someone with an issue? Does it make you feel better about your issues, Harry? What, me? I I mean, is that the motivation there? I feel like we said honesty is the only thing that matters, and I gave her 100% pure honesty. Yeah, You don't know me. You don't know me. I was sitting there talking to you and playing with my beautiful, luxurious hair. <laughs> so you need to step up your game, perhaps, with what you're saying to women, but don't insult us. 
Well, you know, I mean, that's the thing about it. It, Everybody's insecure about something. So I I guess I'm struggling to understand why you needed to point out to someone that they, even if that is a behavior that is a sign of insecurity, which I don't know if it is or not, but why did you feel the need to, is it just the thought that popped into your head and you you see honesty as saying everything that you think? That's what being honest means to you, that if you think it, you say it. Yeah, I mean, that's how it should always be. Like, if I was doing something insecure, I wish Kim would have called me out on it, but I wasn't because I'm not insecure. But it's also but like you a don't first have a date. Head full of hair. Exactly. I mean, it's like you're trying to analyze me, and we were together, you know, very platonically for not even 40 minutes. Yeah. And you said it maybe 20 minutes into the conversation. We were talking about life, and you just came out with that. I'm not having it. No. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. Interesting. Well, for someone who's insecure, she seems pretty assertive. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I was thinking that. Yeah, maybe, so, yeah. Well, uh-huh. sorry, Harry. It is what it is. Yeah, I mean, plenty of other fish in the sea, I guess. Yeah. Well, good yeah. luck. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> good luck with that. No second date here, buddy. <laughs> you tell him, girl. very empowered this morning. I like Kim. this. All right. Well, Kim, you keep on keeping on, and good luck to you both. And if we can do a second date update for you, shoot us an email, Jeff and Jen at WKRQ.com. All right. Uh, coming up, 11 big changes airlines could make that would make the flying experience way better, according to AI. AI is weighing in on this. News that didn't make the news. Straight ahead, first check on traffic. Here's Denise. <laughs> Spend too much time and energy on small decisions. Like I was at Popeye's fried chicken, just having lunch. It's a treat for me, so I'm trying to maximize. I'm evaluating every combo that they offer. I'm trying to find the highest ratio of satisfaction to cost. During my analysis, this dude walks in, no hesitation. He orders one breast, two biscuits, and a soda. This is not a combo at all. He saved no money on that order. I was in shock. I was like, dang, you up in Popeye's ordering a la carte right now? (laughs) Man, I want to be that rich one day. That's my dream. One day I want to walk into Popeye's and just start freestyling. (laughs) Just off the top. Don't even look at the menu. You just drop me a beat. I'm going to order from the heart. (laughs) Hashing Wang. On ordering at Popeye's from his sweet and juicy Netflix special, Cincinnati's Q102. So we did a did a bit of a little road trip back from Florida. This past couple of days, we uh, we left Fort Lauderdale Saturday morning, and we kind of took our time. We sort of leisurely made our way to the west coast of Florida, spent a night there, and then from there we went up to Atlanta to. Uh, to meet uh, Kristen Son Auto for dinner. Oh, nice. How did that go? It was good. I mean, it was all very rushed. You know, we were just kind of here for a few hours, and then we'd sleep. It's hard when you're on the road. On. Yeah. Yeah. But I discovered something on Sundays. As you know, Chick-fil-A is closed. I did know that. So we're like, all right, you know, well, because that's kind of my regular go-to. I'll get like, I like that Cobb salad they have with that avocado ranch dressing. 
Yes, you eat that almost every single day. Almost every single day. Yeah. Even when you're not working, it is just a part of the routine. Well, it's my Monday through Friday routine. Yeah. Weekends, I kind of. Go wherever. Yeah. Well, okay. I have to because Sundays, they're closed. You know? Yeah. But it's an interesting phenomenon when a place like Chick-fil-A is closed on Sundays, all the surrounding fast food places cannot handle the volume. Especially if they're right off the highway mm-hmm. and, and there's a certain level of customers that Chick-fil-A knows how to handle, man. They got the traffic situation down. They know oh, how yeah. to handle like long lines and they got people out there that are taking orders. I mean, you barely right. even pull in there and they're like, hey, hey, you, what do you want? They see that line starting to back up and I see three people coming out the door. Oh, I'm yeah. not kidding, to take orders. They're very proactive, mm-hmm. right? So in the event that they're closed... As is the case on Sundays, these places right off the interstate, I won't mention some of the other bigger fast food places, they're like, oh, God, what do we do? They're jam-packed, and they're, those lines aren't moving, and they're understaffed, and I, I don't know how they're, what they're doing different or what the issue is, but we went to one place, and we stood there. We went inside because we used their restroom with the intention of ordering food, and then after we use the restroom, we get in line, and which was long. That's okay. It's lunch rush. And they were with the same customer for 12 minutes. Oh, no. One person, one cashier. You but know, nice because people. the customer doesn't know what they want to eat, or was it just The customer the- had like a $27 order, so I'm sure that played into it. But the fact that the line was as long as it was, they had one cashier working the inside, and the drive-through wasn't moving. It just wasn't their day. I'm sure very no. nice people, but not enough of them. That's the so challenge. So we're like, you know what? We, we we're going to be here all day. So we go to the place next, next door, door, right? Same exact situation. Mm-hmm. It's got to be the employee shortage too. I'm sure that has a lot to do with yeah. it. But something tells me if Chick Fil A had been open on that day, it would have been a different story. Just saying. They might have been cranking them out of there, buddy. I think so. Anyway, that's why I, th- I just, I love that Shang Wang thing. Like people who just know what they want. And that's the other thing. How long are you even standing in line? And then they finally say to you, it's your turn. How can I help you? Okay, what do you guys want? Yeah. Can I ta- can I have a minute? Oh my Sometimes, God. Like, and I, I think it's from all of the years of me working the drive-thru at Wendy's that I am like, this is how you order. You pull up. And you say, hi, welcome to Wendy's. Can I take your order? I would like a number one with this drink. Don't say four number ones, one with Coke, one with whatever, because they have to enter it in individually. Right. So order whatever you want, the way you want it, with the drink you want, on to the next person. What you want, the way you want it, the drink you want. Mm. Well, now McDonald's has got this thing where... Uh, let's say you order like their McCrispy chicken sandwich, which is kind of like they're sort of going after Chick-fil-A. They're trying to capture some of the Chick-fil-A overflow with their McCrispy because it's very similar. It's got like two pickles and it doesn't have anything. But you can get it Customized. as a deluxe where you could have like, say, mayonnaise, lettuce, and tomato added to it or maybe some cheese or something or you can have it spicy. So if the McCrispy, let's just say, I, I, I don't know because I don't have a McDonald's menu in front of me, but let's just say for the sake of argument that the McCrispy is number four on the McDonald's drive through menu, do you want 4A, which is original, 4B, yeah. which is like the spicy, 4C, which would be the deluxe. Right. So you no longer say, I'll have the number two. Now you say, I'll have the number 4C or the number 2B. Yeah. 
Jeff is a fast food enthusiast. So here. it offers you flexibility in the drive-thru. It does. My expectations are so low. Pulling into <laughs> any one of those things, I fully expect 15 minutes in the wrong food. Yeah. <laughs> but I just know. come to accept it in I've life. Just that's the challenge, it. too. Yeah. And yeah. The, I mean, that's the challenge, too, I think. Like, I was in a drive-thru the other day, and I ordered a sweet treat for my kid. And she, I give her the bag of whatever, and she's like, but what about my sweet treat? And I was like, oh, I forgot they even gave it to us. So then I opened the bag. I'm like, there's no nuggets in here. There's no sweet treat in here. There's no straw in that bag. Right. And it's like they want me to get off their drive through timer, but I'm like, you're missing half of my stuff. See, I, I have PS, PTSD from those days because when I get my stuff from Chick-fil-A, they hand me the bag, and I, I actually take a second, and I look inside the bag to make sure that I got my fork, I got my dressing, and I got my straw, and that it's the right order. It's never wrong, but it's just it's PTSD that causes yeah, me to do that do it. and mm-hmm. check it. And they, you know, they're kind of looking at me like, "Dude, moving along, buddy. Yeah. You know, we don't screw up. Like, we got this." No, I know. It's just it's baggage. Yes, it's my <laughs> own situation. Sorry. Uh, okay, so people were originally called fans in sports. You, you know why they call like where the word fan came from? You know, you know, I'm a fan of this. I'm a fan of no, that. I'm a sports fan. I actually don't. It because it's shortened form of fanatics. Oh, that okay, yeah. But now they imply two different things. You can say you're a fan, but still struggle to name more than a player or two on your favorite team. But a fanatic. Could rattle off specific stats dating back years. Well, yeah, because you can be a fan of something and not know a ton about it. I would occur with, like agree with that. Okay, yeah. but it's the same word as the I, point yeah, you're making. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't really need to know all the statistics on stuff. So they asked a fanatic, "Hey, if you had an opportunity to see a really big game that was important to you involving your team, how far, like how long would you be willing to travel? Not how far, but how long would you be willing to travel? And the average sports fanatic says that they would trek five hours, 48 minutes to see a big game. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's why you're a fanatic. I am a fanatic. We drove to uh, New Orleans a couple times for some Sugar Bowl games. Yeah. So that's probably 10 or 11 hours. Oh, yeah. Uh, 45% of sports fanatics say they've actually traveled out of the country to see a game. Which is what happens a lot with, like, soccer or, you know, like... When the Bengals played in London. London, Mm -hmm. Or we have the Patriots playing... Over there in Germany. Although sometimes? I wonder how many of them are just like hockey fans traveling in and out of Canada. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> a good point. Well, we did go years ago. My dad and I, um, the whole fam went up to the International Bowl, which is UC was playing in it. Mm-hmm. And so we went into Toronto, right? I think that's where it was. Yeah. Yeah, where the Blue Jays played. We right. went to watch their bowl game up there. That was fun. Yeah, I, that that is fun. Like when you make it, you, you sort of parlay a vacation into mm-hmm. the uh, surrounding the event. So you're doing more than just going to the game. You're actually spending some time there, you know? Totally. Yeah. 45% of sports fanatics say they've traveled out of the country to see a game. And 52% of fanatics say they have, a, they have a favorite team and aren't just crazy about one sport or one city. And about the same percentage of those people say they watch every single one of their team's games which would be a, a much bigger commitment for Major League Baseball and the NBA than, say, Yes, football. and, like, college basketball, stuff like that. It's, right. There are less games for football and college football. Yeah. 
Uh, Jamie said uh, they drove to Kansas for the championship game this year. Oh, nice. Ooh, day. Yes, a lot of people took that trip out to Kansas. Yeah. And, I mean, we flew to L.A. last year to go to the Super Bowl. Did you say that the Bengals are playing in Germany this year? No. Oh. There are other teams that are playing in Germany oh, this gotcha. year. Well, actually, I don't know if exactly they are or not because they haven't issued the exact schedule yet, but they have announced which teams are going overseas. So the thing is, is that the Bengals technically, I think, could be playing overseas, but we would be like an away team or something. I don't know. Gotcha. I think I remember reading about that, but I haven't looked at the logistics of it in a while. Hey, before I go any further, I'm not supposed to be doing something here at 740, right? No, you nope. have a contest at 9 a.m. today, 9 Jeff. 9 a.m. Got it, got it. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for Kelly Clarkson. I've been Kelly out a couple Clarkson. days. I'm a little bit out of the country a couple like, of days. Am I supposed to be doing be. something? <laughs> I don't remember. Well, the reason you feel that way is because we normally would have our secret sound contest or some other contest at this time. Yeah, yeah we did that long enough that it became a habit. Mm-hmm. Feels weird not doing anything right now. Okay, Kelly Clarkson, around 9 o'clock. In the meantime, what is the number one thing that airlines could do to make flying more enjoyable? And don't think too hard about it because artificial intelligence already did the legwork. I also put this up on the Jeff and Jen on Q102 Facebook page. And a lot of people are weighing in on what their answer would be. Yeah, a professor at the University of Missouri had had an AI program analyze 400,000 customer reviews for the six major airlines. So, I mean, these are coming from people. AI just analyzed it, basically, and sort of grouped them, grouped them together. And here are the 11 suggestions it came up with. The number one at the very top of the list was more flexible seating arrangements. Issues with seating were one of the most common complaints it saw. And I just heard Jen complaining about that very same issue a week ago. Yeah. Also, I don't really know, like most of the people on our q and or our Jeff and Jen Facebook page are talking about seating. They're like more leg room, more room, you know, seating space, eliminate the middle seat, stuff like that. I do understand this one too. Like I think loading the plane back to front is always one that I feel like people are like, why? Why do we road it? load the plane front to back? Like first class, yeah, you're paying more. Get on, get your hotel, your drink. But then other than that, they start with that row one through whatever and then eight through whatever. They used to load it from the back. They don't anymore. I wonder why. I don't know why because it does Maybe feel it's like. The, it's the classes like you got first class followed by comfort class. Right, which is fine. But I think so once you get to like row yeah. 10 isn't really like road 10 through 30 or whatever just kind of general op- boarding open at whatever. that point yeah i don't know and with everyone ch- not checking their bags these days there's not yes. enough space for everyone's bag so the last people to get on the plane come in with their bag and then there's nowhere to put it or yes. it's 20 rows away from where they're sitting and then they have and to go when, all the way back and then when the it's time to, to leave yeah yeah so you know in the past like 10 or 20 years I've flown Delta, Alaska Airlines, uh, Singapore Airlines, Thai Airways, Air France, EasyJet. And I think with the exception of EasyJet, every single one of those airlines, like when I was booking it, had like a seat map where we could choose our seat. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But also they have those. You just have to pay for it. That's something that a lot of... Is that a new thing? 
I don't know how new it is. Well, you I just gotta know. You got to pay to pick your seat. Yeah. I've never been charged to pick my seat. Well, that might be because of the airline you're flying or because of you have a certain airline card that's allowing you to hmm. do that. But some flights, you know, if families want to sit together, you have to pay to have your seating together. Or you can call. That's a money grab. Or you can call the airline and say, hey, can you put us all together? But I do know, I mean, if you want to pick certain things, they make you pay more money depending on where you're sitting. How about self-cleaning bathrooms? Now, that would be lovely. I thought they, didn't they, don't they have like some UV system in there? Like I notice when you close the door, there's like a UV glow that comes from the inside of the bathroom. Someone told me that that's how they sanitize it now. Oh, I don't hmm. believe that. No, or is that just a Delta thing? I don't know. No? I don't know. I've flown some discount. Did I dream that? Am I Maybe. making that up in my head? I'm not sure, but I've flown some discount airlines that the bathroom, like some of the fellas must have hit a little turbulent and it was pee everywhere. It was just gross. Ew. Why they, didn't they clean it up? Well, they Because some yeah, people, come on, people, some people just can't. They just, it's not who they are. So then they had to tell the flight attendant and she had to go in there with the gloves and the wipes and... It was just a whole big thing. Uh, there was another one here. This is personalized comfort settings. So you could do things like change the height of your seat or the temperature of the air coming from your overhead vent. Uh, okay. That's nice, but it's not going to happen. Uh, it's not going to Yeah, happen. that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Redesign the overhead bins. Maybe some more bags or bigger bags would fit. I was actually impressed. Again, Delta Airlines, we didn't check our bags. In the spirit of Tim Timmerman, we just carried them on. Carried them on. Like savages. There is something liberating about that. The last time I flew to you New just York. just walk right the hell out of that building. Well, just get me out yeah. of here. Get me to, to the warmth the or wherever I'm I going. The last time I went to New York with the Broadway and Cincinnati people, it was during the summer. So the clothes, like you didn't need as much space in your suitcase for yep. the clothes. So I was like, you know what? I'm actually going to carry on because it's New York. I mean, what can you not get 24-7 all the time? We we crammed in two, three big suitcases yeah. in, in that little overhead space. Plus two bags, and it fit. Yeah, you must have been in a different class than uh, the rest. It also of us. De- depends on the plane you're on. If it's mm-hmm. a bigger plane, the the things are bigger. Like yeah. when you go to Europe, you can put a, a oh, you could put so ridiculous. much stuff up there. But if you're just on some little jet hopping an hour, you know they're not quite. They're as not big. as big and roomy. Uh, use analytical models to optimize flight schedules so that there would be fewer delays. Uh, use AI to monitor equipment and reduce mechanical delays. More flexible booking policies like no cancellation fees and being more upfront about prices in general. Yeah, this trip we're taking in Norway, I did set the tickets so that they would be refundable in case our plans changed or we had to... Something crazy happens something in Europe. Something crazy happens in Europe or in our family or who knows mm-hmm. what. Sure. You just it, you know, It's a big expense and so I kind of want the flexibility of if we got to pivot... Mm-hmm. Or heaven forbid, cancel that we can do that without losing a ton of money. Uh, giving ticket agents more performance-based feedback and social praise to boost morale and improve customer service. Uh, keep track of luggage by putting trackers on every suitcase. Isn't that what that little sticker thingy is? I think so, but maybe Delta does that. They t- on the app it alerts you and says, "Hey, yeah. your bag is on." But you can try. They have a little map on the app. Right, but not all airlines do that. I mean, I, I think they're supposed to, like, scan in the baggage, but it's not necessarily that they're alerting you that it's on there. If there is any issue with your baggage, you should get a text 
And number 11, speed up the TSA line by using biometrics like face recognition to ID everyone. Obviously, some people are going to be weirded out by that. They don't want the the big brother, the government, having your biometrics. I'm guessing they probably already have it. Mm-hmm. But... It would be faster than showing your boarding pass and ID. It is kind of where we're moving to. I mean, if anybody who's who uses clear. Yep. That's what that is. Yeah. And they've really been pushing clear, too. When you fly now, like if there's a line, they're like, you want to sign up for free clear? Sign up for clear. Come on in clear. You save. I mean, you save a ton of time that but way, especially during work? spring break. How does it work? It's like $90 a year or something like that or. Yeah, something. I mean, I, I don't know the exact amount. You'd have to look it up. But yeah, I mean, you pay like a hundred something dollars a year. And yeah, yeah. I mean, you walk into the airport like we did. We didn't check anything. So we avoided that bleep show mm-hmm. walked in walked all the way to the tsa line but instead of going through tsa line we just showed our boarding pass which was on my phone walked up to the clear thingy took did a little iris scan and was like yep okay it's you and then they escorted me right to the front of the line and there you go yeah the guy didn't even need to see an id he just needed to see my boarding pass and she said he's clear and I was in from car to the tram, seven minutes. See, that must be, that's probably really good for people that fly a lot, though, too. Mm-hmm. Like, if you have a family of four, you'd be paying, what, $400 to fly the whole family clear? Yeah, and if, if you, you all, go, like, if one y'all time, right, that it's not really worth might it. Might not be worth it. Yeah. But you travel a lot. It's probably really great for you. Yeah, I mean, you got it needs to be worth your while, mm-hmm. depending on how often you travel. Um, okay, coming up, we got to take a quick break. Uh, I can squeeze this in. We got time. If if you saw someone walking down the street in these, you might think it was some kind of glitch in the Matrix, but a fashion brand in New York has invented a new shoe that you can actually wear backwards. No matter which end you put your foot in, it's still functional footwear. And I'm not talking about Crocs. We need those for, like, little kids who put their, like, I'm going to do my shoes by myself, Uncle Tim. Yeah. And you're like, okay, cool. And then they put them on the wrong feet. And I'm like, you got them on the wrong feet? I don't care. Yeah, no big deal. <laughs> okay, well. All right. All right, bud. If you wear them like normal, they're an open-toed sneaker, which, you know, that alone is kind of weird. But if you wear them the other way, they're sandals. But it looks like you've got oh, your shoes on okay. backwards. Okay, this makes sense to me. You can Google that. it if you want to see what they look like. They're called the BWD shoe, which is short for backward. BWD. I assume it's short for backward. It's from the brand Mischief, which is spelled M-S-C-H-F. They're the same company selling those big red boots to make that make you look like a cartoon character. <laughs> so they, they kind of specialize in weird stuff. But their new backward shoes will cost $135. And it's supposed to hit their website on April 11th, if you're interested. Okay. Quick break. Coming up. Botox in your forehead actually makes you worse at reading other people's emotions. <laughs> well, that's a true story. We'll explain how they came to that conclusion. Plus, the five smells around the house Americans hate the most is your news that didn't make the news continues. First, Denise, is your latest traffic. <laughs> So, 
her her parents used to be members of this club that it got to the point where they had to instill a dress code, which you know would seem obvious. Uh, some things like you can't wear thongs to dinner, but oh. evidently someone did, and it now necessitates an actual a sign bylaw that says <laughs> you cannot wear a thong. To dinner. Like a thong baby bathing suit to dinner? Or yeah. they just had a thong Yeah, on? a thong, thong swimsuit. Yeah. Ah, okay. No. In fact, you can't wear it anywhere near the pool. You can't wear a thong near the pool? Not a thong, no. Why? I, I don't, because they, I guess it's just too risque. All well, the kids, I mean, there's families around. Listen, A every, thong? Let yes. Me, I'll play the part of Jen during this conversation since she's not here. What about a teaback? Yes, a teaback is exciting. No, uh, I'm telling I you, Jeff, the same thing. everywhere you go in Florida, like we went to Anna Maria Island multiple times um, for a summer vacation, and people have their bathing suits cut up over their butt now. No, I get that. I mean, they, they've been doing that forever. You know, you, like uh, they, they call it the Redneck Riviera where you got the hot dog girls <laughs> wearing the thong bikinis. The teabacks, the, the hot dog right, girls with the Right, over by the river bridge with the people fishing <laughs> for catfish. But no, in the club, no. Not in the nice area. No. And then uh, you've got backwards, a really good butt? You can wear a baseball cap. You just can't wear it backwards. Oh, that's where we're drawing the line. Yeah. No jerseys. Oh, well, you know what that means. Nope. Yeah. What? Drug, drugs. Oh, it does. <laughs> oh. I thought, I mean, you just look stupid. No, I don't know. When they have a whole list of rules before you walk in, you're like, I'm out. I'm not right. even going in there. Uh, no, I guess the, the issue wasn't with the members. It was with their guests. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, if you fill your face with Botox... It, I mean, obviously, it might be hard for other people to read your emotions because your face is pumped full of Botox. See, I, I do Botox. So I go to the Christ Hospital Med Spa, and I do Botox right here, where right around the eyes. Because I laugh a lot, so I always have, like, those laughing, smiling eyes. See, that, it doesn't look that, like you laugh at all. It's, knock it off. <laughs> I haven't. Anyways, I don't do anything up on There's my no forehead. no evidence of it. I do frownies on my forehead, which are like little tiny patches that I got targeted with on Facebook. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to try these. And it's literally like putting almost like tape on your forehead and you right. sleep with it there. And it's supposed to get rid of the 11s. And I, I kind of like them. Yeah. I haven't done any Botox on my forehead at all. I can still move it. <laughs> yeah, we can still read your emotions. Yeah. But a new study found that Botox might make the person who got the injections worse at reading other people's emotions, too. This was something they weren't expecting to find. Researchers at University of California, Irvine, scanned the brains of 10 women before and after they got Botox in their forehead. The point was to see how their brains reacted to other people's facial expressions and each one was shown photos of happy faces, angry faces, and neutral faces. And they had to guess the emotion being expressed by their faces. And they couldn't do it? They were worse at it <laughs> after they got the Botox. Hmm. That's interesting. That is interesting. I wonder why. Because maybe, maybe they're it, not recognizing that within themselves, so they can't see it in other people. Oh, I thought maybe it like leaked into your brain or something. Oh, no. I don't know. 
No, they think it's because of something called the facial feedback hypothesis. The idea that we subconsciously mimic people's facial expressions to help us interpret them. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. So the theory is that Botox prevents the muscles in your face from doing it as well, and that makes you worse at reading Other emotions people's? in general. That's so interesting. Yeah. There's a lot of good science -y stuff today that you have. A lot of good science stuff. Oh, yeah, and later in the show, we'll, we I got a story of how chat GPT saved dog's life. Oh, wow. I'll give you that story at 9.50 this morning. In our good news story segment. Yeah. I mean, I guess I could give it to you now. I mean, you could do it now and at 9.50. Okay. So some guy on Twitter says chat GPT saved his dog's life. She was anemic. And a vet diagnosed her with a tick-borne illness. Mm-hmm. But the treatment didn't help. And their advice was to just wait and see. Instead, he pasted the dog's blood results into chat GPT, which said it might have something called IMHA. Oh, wow. IMHA is immune-medicated hemolytic anemia. He had a different vet run more tests after he got that news just to see, and they confirmed that the chat GPT was correct. Wow, look at that. And so with that news, they were able to, you know, get put his dog on the right treatment plan, and she's on her way to a full recovery. Have you guys used chat GPT at all? No. I have not, nope. but I know some people that have. We've done it in meetings here, and so I've seen how it works, and heard its replies to certain questions and t styles of questions, I have no interest in it. Yeah, I'd rather be human yeah. parts of it, too. What's I, the selling point? Like, what are they, how are they trying to say? Like, market Like, it? how are they positioning this? As what, what are the positives that are supposed to come out of this? Well, I think it just is helpful to you. Like, I heard it being used to write notes to people. Like, write me um, a... 30 word thank you card about a graduation mm -hmm. uh, to my nephew. Okay. And it will do that. It'll be like, congratulations, nephew. The beginning chapter of your life is just starting after blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? Like it does something like that for you. We've also heard of salespeople using it to put together a sales presentation. Or a pitch. And yes. it puts the graphics in. It puts yeah. the charts in. It it writes up the sales pitch and kind of smooths it all over. Yes. Saving someone Work. hours of putting yes. that together. It Help me it, put together it, a proposal it does it in three minutes. to convince Jeff to pay off my credit card. You know, you could, it'll put together all the numbers, all the facts and everything. I'll hear it out. <laughs> I want to book a vacation on there first. <laughs> no, but I, that's the thing. It's like, it's supposed to be a big time saver as well as I think people that have struggle with maybe coming up with ideas for certain things. Or if you feel like all of the ideas have been done, you can say, give me 50 ideas on how to sell a car and it will give you some ideas and then you can use those. So, so it's like this massive information bank. We've talked about the movie Her, starring Joaquin Phoenix. His job in the movie, the way he makes his living, is he works for a company where they write 
personalized greeting card. So, okay, Fritz's birthday's coming up. I want to write something meaningful, but I don't really have the words. So I'm going to go to this company and ask them to write something for her. They'll ask me some questions about you and our relationship, and mm-hmm. they'll formulate something, and then they'll send it. They'll, they'll sign my name to it. You'll receive it, and you'll think it came from me, which it kind of did, but I didn't exactly write it. That's what that guy does. That's his job in the movie. Yes. And the point, you know, the whole thing in this movie is it's sort of a glimpse into the not-too-distant future. This movie was made 10 years ago. But so this it's, is where we are now. But it's interesting how it it's trying to guess what the future will look like, say, 20 or 30 years from now, and they've already got it wrong because we have chat GPT for that. Yep. That's we don't need humans to do it. Correct. You're 100% correct. Yeah. Yeah, but it's been, I mean, and that's the thing too. Like we even got a letter from our like legal department, like what's, like what are like what are the limitations of Chat GPT? You know what I mean? Like, whose information is it, and who's coming up with it, and can you be sued for that? I mean, who knows? Right, and that's why we've been asked to not use to not it. Not use it, not which is fine by me. Work. One last thing yeah. I have to try to figure out well, for now until we figure it yeah. out. Right? Yeah. Well, it just pulls stuff off the internet and, and puts it together in a, like it's its in, own thing in sentences. It's and, kind of like when you would get in trouble at school for paraphrasing someone's quote. And your teacher would be like, I know I've heard this before. And you didn't cite the source. And so you would get in trouble for plagiarism or, you know, kind of paraphrasing that. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know why I'm in trouble. I didn't do it word for word. <laughs> you know, I kind of, I like I said, you know, I, I took the same thing, but Being, I put it on my own words. words. What? Yeah. <laughs> What's the difference? You cite your sources. Yes, you got to cite saying. your sources. Right. So I got it from this source and I put it in my own words. Yanny. <laughs> what do you want? I know. I wonder if you could even write a paper these days. Like if you went back to NKU, you went back to college, and I walked into, you know, Western world literature. <laughs> yeah. Could I put together a paper? Could I read it and put together a paper according to today's standards? You know, like what is what is the way to do the MLA right. and... Whatever it used to be. Maritza says that ChatGPT is a lifesaver when it comes to homework. See? It, it, they're already using it. Yeah. She's in grad school and so it really helps with homework, I guess. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But do you have to cite your source as ChatGPT? Yeah. Where's ChatGPT getting it from? Right. Well, what if you say to Chat? GPT, write me a paper for my blah, blah, blah project about this subject. They, it will. And cite sources on the uh, bottom. What if you tell it to do that? Will it do it? I don't know. Hmm. But you know what else I think is interesting, too, is I would be interested to know, because I haven't been back to in a college class in quite some time, but, like, how how do you now cite social media sources like, you know, if you're writing a paper, just say about... According to Radio Tim's tweet. But that's what I'm saying, though. I'm sure you could. Or yeah. something along the lines of like, you know, I saw this on TikTok. That's not correct way to, you know, make creme brulee, but this is. Or whatever. <laughs> I, there has to be a way that you're noting all these informations now. Uh, Wyatt is someone who's used chat GPT a lot and... Uh, the more he uses it, the less and less impressed he is each time he uses it. Chat GPT then. So I guess it has limitations. 
you know, which you start to figure out over time. Yeah, what the limitations are. I do think, though, that it will fine-tune and get better. I mean, we're only in the the first Oh, yeah. It's like the first iPhone. Remember when the first iPhone ever came out and you were like, wait till you see what this thing can do. Hmm. Now, if you had the first iPhone, you would be like, oh, what a piece of garbage this thing is. Yeah. Uh, Maritza responds, says, uh, I'm very, let's see, what does she say? I'm very hands-on with it and give it all the commands and the information. Still cite my sources, but it generates its own words. Yeah. Maybe I will go to grad school. a huge time saver, right? (laughs) Exactly. I know. I might apply for grad school now. (laughs) Hey, maybe I'll go to grad school. I know. That's the thing, man. I would love, love, love to go back to NKU. I just don't want to write the papers. I don't want to, you know, I want to, I want to sit in the class right. and take all the lecture and just like absorb all the information. I just don't want to write the okay. big papers. When you become a senior citizen yeah. in a lot of universities, colleges, universities, they'll let you do that for free. Oh, and, nice. And you can sit in the front row and when everyone is ready to leave for Thursday happy hour, you can ask 20 questions. questions. <laughs> <laughs> Keep everyone there hostage. Let's go, lady. <laughs> Uh, excuse me, I just have a follow-up question. About the, the syllabus. Yes. Does anybody have any questions? I do. Oh, God. <laughs> Coming up, your shot at $1,000. We're going to play the 1K letter of the day next. Hey, William, what's going on? Oh, just uh, getting home from work. Oh, just getting home from work? Yeah, I worked all night. Yeah. How, wow. how was your night? How was it? How was everything? That wasn't too bad. That's Wasn't good. too bad at all. That's good. You what do you do, exhausted. William? Uh, we load airplanes out of DHL by the airport with freight. That wow. that facility is massive. Huge, I, yeah. I've seen it, and it's unreal. And uh, you know, Kate, this we, we've talked about what an aviation nerd I am, and how I like to watch those planes coming in and taking off. And there are periods of time on the weekend where it's just like one cargo plane Sunday after another. mornings, babe. I'll tell you what. It's unreal how they can fly with almost a million pounds of freight. Yeah. Wow. That is pretty unreal. That's crazy. And they come from all over the world on a daily basis. All over 220 countries. Yeah. And there aren't that many DHL places like what we have here at CVG around the world, right? I mean, isn't there only like a handful of them? Well, there's quite a few of them. Yeah, I guess you'd need them, you know, just just to move stuff. And see, this is William keeping our supply chain issues rolling. That's right, William. Thank you for doing yep, that. Appreciate it. Also, if you find no my boyfriend's problem. fender flares in there, let me know. He's been waiting for quite some time. Oh. <laughs> I think you're right on. All right, so probably there. <laughs> we're going to try to win you $1,000 if you can answer 10 questions in 30 seconds that begin with a letter I'm about to reveal. Uh, now, you can't use the same answer more than once. You're going to have to come up with something else. But I will say that the key to winning this thing, the, the best strategy I can offer you is to pass as quickly as possible. So if you don't, if you can't think of it right off the top of your head, just pass as quickly as possible. We'll come back to it. But you'll answer more questions that way. Give me a good letter. All right. I think it is a good letter. You got the letter J. Oh, that is pretty good. Like Jeff and Jen. Jeff. Jen. Jelly. Is Jeff and Jen one word or is that technically two? That is all one word. Okay. Yeah, Jeff and Jen. Jeff and Jen. All right, Willie, I'm I'm ready when you are. Letter J. And Jeff won't start the timer till I read the first question. That's right. 
All, All right. right. You got 30 seconds on the clock whenever you're ready. Here we go. Something that makes you mad. Jealous. A song. Jamming. A treat. Jelly. A taco topping. Jalapenos. Something brown. A jar. A medicine. I pass. Something wet. Pass. An animal. Jackalope. <laughs> Jackalope. He always tells me it's not a real animal. That's not a real animal. I always animal. write back and say, yes, it is. And then we have to Google it and find out it's a fictional rabbit. No, I got hung up on number seven right there with William. But for number six, I was thinking uh, Madison Jardins. Yeah, that's or the one that gives you the Jardians. In- intense Jardians. Uh, taint infections. Jarvis. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what was the number? The number one question you asked was what something that makes you mad? Jackasses. Yeah, <laughs> he said jealous. Jealousy that's works. Yeah, that's a great answer. one. Yeah, but also one- something. Um, what were you saying? Something. Which one you get hung up on, Jeff? Oh, uh, what was question seven? A medicine, and then something wet. Oh, yeah, jaz- something wet. Jasmine. I was thinking. Man, that was close. Junk. Junk. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so not bad. You did really well, William. You know, especially for somebody that just got off a of, you know. Yeah, he's been working all night and is kind of tired and needs some sleep. You did all right. And of course, we're going to do it again tomorrow around the same time. That's right. So. All right. Yeah. Get Thanks some rest, for all bud. you do, buddy. All right. Sweet dreams. Thank you. Enjoy your rest. Take it easy. <laughs> bye bye. Bye bye. That's got to be such an interesting life too, like working a third shift job like that. Like when you get off work. Are you ready to go to bed or is it one of those situations where it's like you go home and you have a little breakfast or dinner and then, you you know, like you have the rest of your day and then you go to sleep at like two. Yeah, because I've read studies that say that's like the worst possible thing you can do to your body is just being on that type of clock. But it's a necessary thing you yeah. know, for to, to keep the world running. And I know people totally. like in the medical field or, or, or kind of do what. You know what William does that have been doing it for decades. My dad, yeah. did, my dad worked afternoons for General Motors for probably twenty years. So he would start work around three or four, and work until midnight, one, two, mm-hmm. and then come home, go to sleep, and then wake up with you guys like as a typical family. He would try. Some days he did, but some days he'd stay in bed. Yeah. yeah. I remember when my mom was working night shift at, as a nurse, she would do like 7P to 7A. And then she would come home and just crash out because she was so exhausted. We'd have an early dinner and then he'd leave to go to work. Yeah. It was it was weird. It is gl- a weird. When he switched to regular shift, it was mm-hmm. a good thing for everybody. Uh, by the way, when we were in Florida... We passed through Fort Myers Beach. Oh, yeah. How's it looking down there? Oh, my God. It's a mess. Is it still? It's going to be. I mean, I think we're looking like three to five years before that is completely transformed. There's so many. I, I, I mean, they had to, like, create a makeshift dump just just for all the debris. All the garbage. Yeah, yeah, just for all the stuff. Are people still, like, going there for spring break and things? Or is it, like, can it handle tourism right now? Because I know yeah. a lot of people from this area love going there during the summer. Yeah. So if you are if you were lucky enough, if you're an owner down there and your place survived without any damage or mold or mildew or whatever, then, yeah, you're open for business and, and they've gone down there. So there's definitely people, but not as many, nowhere near what there would be if, if every place was intact. But... 
It's like Hurricane Ian a few months ago. It basically went in and just called everything, like whatever was was not up to current modern day hurricane specifications was pretty much wiped out. Wow. There was some new construction, like some some new multi-million dollar homes that that, that were kind of being constructed like what would happen is, you know, they would buy like a dilapidated property and then they would just build on that lot. And to build, you know, you got you to gotta build to modern day standards. Well, most of those places are fine, survive. Mm-hmm. The vegetation is gone. Yeah. And you can tell, like you could tell when the salt water makes contact with a lot of that vegetation, you know, it kills it. So it's just like gray. It's not even brown. It's like gray. Mm-hmm. But- yeah, I mean, pretty much anything that that wasn't concrete. I can't tell you, a bunch of 7-Elevens are boarded up. A lot of restaurants that just won't come back. Yeah, that's sad. That some, makes me sad. Some people, God bless them, you know, they, they have insurance, and they're just waiting to rebuild. They're in the cube. So in the meantime, they're staying. They got, they got a little RV, or maybe they bought an Airstream, mm-hmm. and they just parked it right on their lot and... Damn it! There, that's where they're going to stay until the until the trucks come in. To that's rebuild. how it is too. Like when we travel down to Eastern Kentucky, when we go, you know, because they had all of that horrible mm-hmm. flooding, and there are still people that are living in trailers and um, like little makeshift RVs and things like that while they're waiting for their house to be cleared down by FEMA yeah. or whatever it is they're waiting on. You got a lot of high rises down there, and some high rises are boarded up mm-hmm. and others are open for business it you know i'd like to i'd like to say that it was random because well, as you're driving up and down that main boulevard it does feel like it's random but when you look a little closer you realize it it just it, you know these folks got away for so long keeping just the same wooden house on stilts for mm-hmm. 50 60 years and it was just finally was time it's luck ran out wow yeah so that's got to be really hard for the folks who especially you know this is some folks live down there full time does it feel encouraging though like that they're doing work they're making progress and i'll tell you what i didn't know there were so many remediation companies out there that exist because they're everywhere man and i'm i'm wondering how many people just pivoted like hey we're gonna move there this is where it's at Mm -hmm. oh they might have yeah but, yeah, I mean, there are signs everywhere. Or, you know, they'll spray paint, like, the number on the house so that they know that's for the purpose of the insurance company so they know mm-hmm. where to go or where to look. Or Yeah. It's nuts. It's well, it's going to take some time. And the same thing, like, these towns in Mississippi that have just been. I know. I'm looking at the pictures of that right now. Yeah. The deadly Mississippi tornadoes. The footage of the actual tornado whipping up did wow. you see some oh of that God. yesterday yes. yeah i mean they lost it they was lose? on a ground on the ground for an hour what was the day it was like 30 people or something and all of the experts and the reporters on the ground are saying it's a miracle it wasn't more it was so many more wow yeah so anyway i I, th- I think about those people and it was interesting because driving back like once we got out of florida and out of georgia you start like you go through Tennessee and Kentucky on I seventy five, and I saw a lot of billboards for things like you know mold, mildew. Like, is that a problem in this part of the country where there's like a cottage industry for companies that um, 
basically, you know, restore houses that are dealing with some kind of mold or age issue, age-related issue. I mean, it's like this Ohio Valley is so wet all the time. There's mold in every single house. It's just how do you react to it and what type of mold is it? Mm -hmm. You know, my sister-in-law thinks that there shouldn't be a drop of mold in any house. And so they keep moving houses because they're trying to find one without mold. And they hire dogs and they hire remediation companies and they remove wood beams and put new wood beams in. And then there are other people that are like, yeah, whatever, there's water in the basement. Yeah, I've been living (laughs) this way for years. It's just a, a, a sweep of people. He's got to understand how mold works. So, like, we've done some things with renovation where I call the mold guy out because the inspection says there's mold. And the mold guy goes, yeah, just get some Flex Seal and cover up that spot. It'll die because it won't have any oxygen or water because you're encompassing it in a rubber. I'm like, oh, okay. Easy enough. Thanks, mold guy. I guess I can just do that. Yeah. Obviously, bigger projects, that won't work. But I bring it up because I I would think, like, you know, have you ever walked into a house and it just smells like mildew? Yep. I don't know. What is there a huge? I don't really. I'm not a scientist. I don't know what the difference is between mold and mildew. Is I mean, Musty. do they essentially smell the same or are they, are they different? Well, I think it's when you go. You know, when or you go in the basement of, and you're like, oh, oh something well, has been brewing down right. here. Yeah, that's when you know you got a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, popular science looked at Google Trends to figure out the five smells around the house that Americans hate the most, and here they are: mildew. On your clothes. Yeah. That was number two. You can smell that on other people, too. You're like, man. Uh, when a skunk sprayed outside and you can smell it in your house. That happens to us all the time where we live. All the time. like, And it won't always necessarily be in all of the house, but our bedroom is very close to a part uh, that's closer to, like, the land and you can see skunks in the backyard sometimes. So sometimes in our bedroom, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Hits you like a ton of bricks. So my brother-in-law, he's, he's got pr- pretty much their, their outdoor dogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for shelter, you know, they, they basically hang out in the garage. Yeah. Some well, evidently a skunk got in there. Into the garage? Into the garage and oh. got trapped in there oh. and just let loose. Oh. So he comes can out. Can still smell it? And... He oh. had to use some kind of special something on the dogs to, yeah. but it was horrific. I am sure, and it's been days. Oh man, I bet yeah. that doesn't go away. And you've got to figure like it's in the walls and mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, so he he dealt with that for, I guess, a couple of weeks. But he's he says he's cut. He's finally at a point now where he doesn't smell it. He's just used to it. It's called adaption. Yeah, maybe. That's kind of what I thought. Adapting. But have you you gone over there since? No. Oh, man. I bet you will be able to smell it right away. Uh, What about cigarette smoke on your clothes? Yep. I do not Do you smell it? Like when I smoked, I didn't smell it. When you smoke, sometimes I feel like when I would smoke, sometimes I could smell it the next day. I'd be like, oh, it's in my hair. That's something place that I would always smell it. Right. But. When you go somewhere now, like certain casinos, like when you're in Vegas mm-hmm. and you go from the casino to your room, you go mm-hmm. in that room, you're like, oh, we stink. Horrible. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, driving back yesterday, Kristen saw another motorist who was smoking with her with her car windows open. And she goes, I, I don't understand, like, why you would smoke with your windows down. Like, aren't you smoking to get the smoke? <laughs> 
because it, it gets a know, little like, overwhelming. Yeah, it does. I mean, it seems kind of, I get her point. I mean, because mm-hmm. I'm a former smoker, so I get it. Yeah, but as a like, former smoker. I would light smoker, up and I would crack the window open yeah. so it wouldn't get smoky in the car. I was going to say that. As a former <laughs> smoker, when you see someone smoking in the cars with the windows up, you're like, oh, roll the window down. Yeah. You got to be suffocating in there, dude. Yeah, uh, let's see. Tracy says, nature's miracle skunk neutralizer is really good at helping. Oh, that's Helps good a lot, makes a big difference. Uh, gasoline on your shoes. There's another smell around the house Americans hate the most, the smell of gasoline on your shoes, cigarette smoke on your clothes, mildew on your clothes, and dog pee on the carpet. Yep. yep. I could smell that. We, My cousin... Um, got married recently and everybody was getting ready in this one particular house and at the kitchen table I was like it smells like dog pee in here and I don't know if other because I don't have any animals but other people that do have animals couldn't really smell it but I'm like it smells so much like dog pee in here yep it's one of my it doesn't go away very often either nope you really got to work at it yeah because it gets down into like the wood and kind of just seeps in there oh yeah what about dog like wet dog yeah (laughs) It's like when they desperately need a bath and they haven't had one in a long time. Yes, or if they've gone outside and they come inside and it's just a bit moist outside, you're like, ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh, go outside. I can't believe dog pee is ahead of cat pee on that list. Just any animal urine. Yeah. Right. Because I feel like you can smell cat pee Cat pee is pretty pungent, but the incidence of... Cats peeing in your carpet versus dogs is a lot yeah. lower because cats just naturally go to the litter box. Yeah, unless there's something going on there, and then mm-hmm. you got some issue issues. Then. Yeah, but when that happens, you know it. Got to take a quick break. Eight forty-one. Jeff and Jen, Cincinnati's Q one hundred two. Weather-wise, mostly cloudy today. A few later, even uh, late afternoon, maybe some evening showers. We'll see higher on fifty-three. And it is 36. I thought I was supposed to warm up. Nope, not till Thursday. When's that happen? Thursday. Oh, opening day. Yep. All right. In the meantime, final look at traffic in the morning, unless some breaks between now and this afternoon. Denise, what do we have? Thanks for listening to the Q102 Jeff and Jen Morning Show Podcast, brought to you by CVG Airport. Fly healthy through CVG. For more information, go to CVG Airport backslash fly healthy.